Hey, have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that let you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, just like I'm doing now. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so you can hear it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Journey to Esquire, the podcast. I'm Jocelyn Hardrick, founder and president of Diversity Access Pipeline, Inc., the company behind this podcast and other great programs like Journey to Esquire Scholarship and Leadership Program, which provides $2,000 cash scholarships to third-year law students and internships to second-year law students, along with leadership training and mentors. And Journey to Esquire, the blog, which provides insightful articles to help navigate you through law school and beyond. Find out more on our website, www.journeytoesquire.com. All right. Welcome to Journey to Esquire, the podcast. I'm Jocelyn Hardrick, the founder and president of Diversity Access Pipeline, Inc., the organization behind this program and all the other great programs like Journey to Esquire, the Scholarship Leadership Program, and Journey to Esquire, the blog. Today, we pass the mic to Ricardo Lucius. He is has called Tampa Bay home for the past 20 years. He's a graduate of the University of South Florida, where he earned his bachelor's degree in political science. And he got his JD from Western Michigan University Cooley Law School. Um, he was on the honor roll. He was on Dean's List. And while he was doing all that, he also does a lot of other awesome things, like he's a musician and has released several songs. He is also very active in um, the local community. He's released two books. Um, the first one is God's Justice in an Unjust World and How Global Corruption Becomes Rotten Flesh. He is a humanitarian and an integrated community leader with the hashtag, hashtag your community lawyer. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ricardo. How are you? Thank you so much, Josie, for having me. I said Josie, I like to say it. You know, I try to be careful how I embellish it. I tend to embellish everything. Oh, that's but okay. But again, yeah. Thank you it's so much Jocelyn for having or me. Jocelyn is fine. Yeah, it's because some I see Jesse, I see Jocelyn sometimes. You know. <laughs> um, but again, thank you so much for for having me. It's a privilege to talk to your audience and your participants in this podcast, and I'm privileged to be here with you. Thank you. And you spoke to our students in the Journey to Esquire Scholarship and Leadership Program during one of our modules. So I want to thank you again for doing that. You shared an awesome story, so I thought, why not have you on the podcast so more people can hear about it? So talk to us about why you decided to become a lawyer. Well, prior to law school, I was a, you know, I was always a community leader, a community organizer. I started from an early age. I started like uh, when I was, I would say probably in my 16th in the north side of Haiti, helping out people. I'm always reaching out to those who are underserved. Uh, and I realized to a point while I was in Tampa doing the same thing that I need the to have more knowledge. I need to understand the system better. And I realized this country runs on lawyers of blood, <laughs> lawyers sweat. And they're like, man, I need to be a lawyer. Maybe this is a way I can be better for my community. I can serve better. I can elevate my community better, which is the Tampa Bay area, which I've, I've been living here for 20 years, like you just said earlier. 
And I decided to go back to school just with the intent to become a lawyer. So I went to ACC, uh, I went to USF, and then I go straight to Thomas and Cooley. And here I am now. People, the people are calling me your community lawyer because I do things so differently than other yeah. lawyers. Not better though, but yeah. differently. And I own the name of your community lawyer. Oh, nice. Good, good. And um, we know we've heard that quote um, that lawyers can be social engineers. And so that's what it sounds like your approach is as opposed to just shuffling papers around or making a lot of money or um, having the prestige. As a lawyer, you get all those things, but you can also be a social engineer. And in order to do that, you gotta be involved with your community. So talk to yes. us about um, your law school application process. Cause you said you, you knew you were gonna be a lawyer. So how did you kind of decide which law schools and what did you do when you applied? Well, when I uh, went to school with all my friends, even at ACC, I, had a, I was part of this clique where there was one Ethiopian guy that were we had a couple of Vietnamese in there and different uh, uh, people from different corners of the world. Each one of us wanted to do something different. Like I said earlier, I said, I would be an attorney. And then I designed, I said, okay, for me to become an attorney, what do I need to do? I find out exactly, I need to get a bachelor's degree. I need to find a school to teach me the LSAT. So I think, and the first school I went to to learn, to, I mean, to review for the LSAT was Blackstone. And I went there with the intent, I was finishing up my, my bachelor's degree at USF in political science. And I remember I said, I'm gonna take the LSAT once. I'm not gonna take it twice. I'm determined I need to finish this already, blah, blah, blah. So I went, I, I took the LSAT once, um, I scored. And with my GPA from USF, and they said I was already really high, I had, uh, I entered Cooley with scholarships, with part scholarships which really helped me with the funding, the financing of it, because law school is very expensive. Yeah. Although Cooley is more reasonable than a lot of other schools, but th that really helped me. The determination itself, and I think the Blackstone people also, did, they did a great job, and I was ready, willing, and able to do this. So that was the process. The process was fairly one, two, three for me, in contrast to many other uh, students. So that pretty much, it <laughs> oh okay good yeah some people apply to a bunch everywhere some are more focused like you so you knew what you wanted and went after it and you're the second person to mention blackstone actually so i'll have to look into that to give the audience members more information about their law school application process and their lsat prep and so now you're in law school at cooley law school i'm guessing the tampa bay campus correct yes i so you stayed uh, we in tampa were the, bay the whole time we were the first group of student called the tremble that started Cooley in Tampa. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm really proud of it, by the way. So uh, <laughs> we were like uh, the most, um, I'm not gonna say tolerated, but the most admired for our tenacity, you know, cause at that time Cooley was new, a lot of resources. We didn't have other students. We've been in law school two, three years before us. So we can go to, to help us out with the material, with certain things, but with, with us clinging to each other, helping each other out, um, we made it, uh, and I'm really proud of it for to be to say we were the the first group of students uh, who started Cooley in Tampa. Nice. So it sounds like you enjoyed law school. Oh my God, you have no idea. <laughs> law school, I had so much fun. Uh, I, I earned the nickname Mr. Reasonable. 
<laughs> in law school, I remember um, the campus director, Diani, uh, the deans. I developed a good relationship with everybody. I started United Nations Student Association at Cooley. I taught a few people how to dance salsa, the basic that oh, I know. Man. I'm not a salsa teacher per se, but the few things I know, I pass it on to some other friends. Uh, I remember I used to uh, teach with uh, uh, Kali, Kali Worth. She used to be one of the salsa teachers at that time. Marta, oh, nice. Irresistible. We all were part of this. This It was fun and loving and caring. Uh, it was a great time. I'm not sure. I don't know exactly if this, this tra tradition carry on coolly now, but back then with the Tremble, it was really, really full of fun and, and great support, great team. If I were to do it again, I would start all over again. And, and I think law school was the experiment for me. Oh, I really, nice. really like that. And weren't you the valedictorian for your graduating yes. class? Yeah. Yes. And uh, also, you know, the, the entire college, you know, school, student government, everybody selected me to be the valedictorian speaker. That was a, the, one of the greatest honor for me uh, as a student at Cooley. I still watching that speech. And oh, by the way, uh, a little bragging here. <laughs> Dean, uh, the president at, at the time, Don Leduc, and uh, Professor Scott, after my speech, they told me they've been listening to a lot of speech at Cooley forever, but this one was theirs. Oh, and wow. Don Lidzik even said it that I was the first student to pronounce his name correctly. Thank, <laughs> thank God for French. <laughs> because oh, that's I said, true, yeah, Leduc. Uh -huh. Everybody say Leduc, me I had to say Leduc. <laughs> so like, okay, wow, I own that price right there. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So now you're graduating from law school and like everyone else trying to figure out, okay, I got to turn this into earning income, right? So are you, you're looking for a job or starting your own firm? How did you go about deciding what you want to do next? Well, when I, I always knew when I'm, when it's about time for me to practice law, I'm going to open my own firm because I have my own way. I don't work like other attorneys do. I don't use like uh, retainers. I don't charge, I don't do billable hours. People call me and then I'm still charging you. I don't do that as a community lawyer. So I needed my my firm to be able to help as much as I can help in the community. So that's one aspect of it. And also I wanted to build something different, especially for the community. I, I work with the most, the Caribbean community, the Hispanic community. Uh, I, I realized there was a lot of problem with the insurance companies, you know, not, not, not compensating these people properly. And one of the reasons why you have a lot of big uh, PI companies. And I know that my clients needed this special attention. Like I need to start from A to Z with them. I need to take my time. And to do that, I have to, be, I have to become the community firm. I have to become a law firm that is designed specifically and surgically to address the specific problem of the people. So if you call me, then you had an issue with personal injuries or real estate title and closing. I wanted them to know this guy right there is gonna do A to Z. He's not gonna settle prematurely just for the sake of settling. He's not just gonna, I mean, cross his arm and then it's over. It's gonna right. give the insurance companies the dangers they need. And to do that, I have to be on my own. I have to have the leeway, the uh, the framework, which I call my law firm, to represent my community better, which is the Tampa Bay community. Okay, nice. And you also do immigration and um, title work and real estate yeah. transactions. Yes, is that true? yes. What I do, 
Uh, by the way, I apologize if you hear my son in the background because I'm at home. This guy yeah. is powerful. <laughs> He's one year old. Uh, so yes, I do. I have a title company in the firm where I do escrow, uh, real estate title, mortgage, power of attorney, limited liability companies for uh, with investment properties. I also do immigrations, but the immigrations I do is limited to adjustment of status. So okay. if someone called me about uh, immigration, you have issues with um, uh, asylum or you have issues with, you know, jail time, other things that are like E-related, I call them E-related, not uh, uh, G-related. Then I have other attorneys that I uh, I work with, attorneys like Diani, like Eve, Alexander, uh, Erna, Cooley. Uh, also these uh, attorneys are from Cooley as well. They're really good, especially Diani and uh, Marta and so forth. Yeah, so I do that. And also now I in real estate, I do surplus. Surplus is people who got the property foreclosed on. They don't know if they don't have left over money. They never oh, go claim that money. So right. I come in, I get that money for them and, and get it away from the government and give it back to them pretty much. But they have, you know, you have to activate the court to get that done. You need an attorney to do that. Mm-hmm. Also, I start taking cases in nursing home abuse and neglect. I realize there are a lot of problems. The community is suffering from that as well. And I'm working with, I work with an array of great trial attorneys in Tampa, like uh, Paul Kemsey, great attorney, uh, Omar Medina. And uh, I have new, also other new uh, trial attorneys that I work with uh, in the in the field to make sure that my my client base well served well prepared but nobody wants to go to trial you want to get your client the best possible from pre-suit but one of the time some of the time you got this insurance companies as adjusters thinking they know the law better or for some reason whatever it is they feel like they don't want to pay for the injuries and you know because of it we we have to file suit right so it sounds like you've set up yourself to have a niche but you also have a nice network of other lawyers to refer to because we know ethically we should only be working on things that we're competent to handle. Is that why you have this network set up? Definitely, because we, as a community lawyer, people come to me every day for all sorts of things. People come to me for divorce. They come to me for contract laws. They come to me for, oh, I have a lot in employment retaliations and things Mm -hmm. like that. So I have different attorneys that I would refer them, send them to, to have them out. Because the key is you need to give people access to the legal uh, uh, field. If they have a problem, they need to be able to call somebody. If you can't have them, to me, it's a privilege. If somebody called me and said, you got to have a divorce issue, family issue. And I'm saying, okay, I don't do family issue, but talk to Erna, for instance. Talk to Marta. Talk to, talk to so-and-so, you know? And it's a relief when you give them that phone number and then they, they call the attorney, they actually find the help they need. Yes. It's a wonderful thing. It's like serving the community. It is. Yeah. Cause I've done that too with family. A lot of people come to me for that. And I'm like, I don't know a thing about family law except the class I took in law school, but I've referred yeah. them to a couple of people I know and they've always reached back and said, that person is great. Thank you so much. Because there's a whole lot of family law attorneys or immigration attorneys, but they don't know who to choose. And so Indeed. They, yeah. they come to people they know and trust and ask for referrals. So having those referral sources, really important. And so um, one other thing I want to mention now, you, you're a community lawyer and I'm sure my audience can hear your accent. Our, you know, um, heritage is the same. We're both from Haiti. Well, you were born there. I was, my parents were. So do, do you offer services in different languages? 
Oh yeah, so I speak Creole very well. I also speak French, not as well as Creole because I lost a lot of it over the years, but I understand French perfectly. Mm -hmm. uh, I do speak French when I need to. Uh, and also I speak English. Spanish, I speak a lot of English, Spanish when I'm having fun. If I'm gonna <laughs> ask somebody to dance salsa, because I dance salsa, I dance uh, a little bit of, uh, um, I'm, I'm kind of savvy with the Latin uh, uh, musics and everything. So I learned enough to say, thank you, gracias, you know, yeah. to be polite, to ask for right. food, mm -hmm. directions. I know the very basic I need to know and I can write quite a bit in Spanish as well. Right. And uh, so, but French Creole, English, it's just fair game. Oh yeah. And do you find that helps you with your practice and getting clients and building relationships? Oh my God. It, what I've realized is people have problems and sometimes they can better explain the problems in their own languages. Yeah. You don't miss anything if you can understand what they are saying. Mm -hmm. And this is what I find in Creole. Sometimes people get in trouble because they're not saying, they're not saying what they were supposed to say that they really intend to say. If you have a bad translator, a bad interpreter, you know, and then the, the, the whole meaning goes like to waste. With mm -hmm. me being always clinging to my Creole, I sing in Creole, I do everything in Creole. Uh, and the people already know me in the community as a gospel, I mean, gospel artist, artist for a long time. So they know my Creole, so they come to me and explain themselves. I can joke, I can do all sorts of things with them in their language. It's a wonderful thing. And that's one thing I need, I'm planning on doing when I expand the law firm within the next few months is to bring in uh, an Hispanic uh, colleague of mine to be part of uh, the law office of Ricardo Lucius so that I, I can fully give the Hispanic community what they deserve as far as language, right? Because right now, 90% of my transactions in real estate derive from the Hispanic community. Oh, uh, wow. Especially, oh yeah, especially Cubans and friends that I have. I mean, I, over the years, I've built strong bonds, strong relationship in this community. And I don't even have to advertise, really. People just mm -hmm. come in, you know? Oh, and wow. I, I, I bless God for that as well. Yeah, I've heard that from a lot of solo practitioners. They get... They just had a strong network and most of the work comes from referrals, not marketing and advertising. You do some of that because you want people to know you're out there. That sounds like some advice we'd offer to new and future law students. What else would you like ad advise them? Someone's thinking about going to law school now or during that first year. You remember that first year, man, that's tough. Yeah. <laughs> they wonder how they're going to make it. When I went to the to Cooley, Cooley gave you this intro test. And after I took that test, I'm like, you, you have this this letter saying if your score is this of that, mm -hmm. you should you should have never started, you should have never come to law school because you're not gonna make it. Wow! <laughs> I remember when I received mine, and I'm like, oh my god, what have I done? Because I'm wired to become an attorney, and now I receive. <laughs> I took that test, and the test is a long thing with a bunch of words, sophisticated things. And then I met uh, this. I never forget this. I went to Kuli. I'm like, man, I'm gonna drop this and try to do something else. And I met this uh, friend of mine called Chad, Chad Justice. I think he's an attorney now from Cooley. He does employment, I remember. And I talked to him over at the Wiregrass. I never forget that. And he goes, what are you talking about? Everybody got the same score. <laughs> you know what I mean? So what do you say? And I told him that I got a four. Because I had a two or three. I don't know what he, he told me at that time. I'm like, ah, oh, why didn't we leave? Because <laughs> I'm like, I thought I wasn't going to make it. So what I'm going to tell everybody is law school a lot of people go to law school for different reasons. Some people go to law school because they want law school to make them something. Some people go to law school to enhance what they already know. Okay. What I tell people, it has to be 
a medium between the two. Okay, because there are a lot of things you're going to get from law school you didn't have that can make you something different than where you were before. But at the same time, you have to stop, develop your gravitas, your fortitude, your leadership. Because, look, I mean, being a lawyer requires a lot of leadership skills. Okay. You have to be able to be a little poor with people, especially if you want to go uh, solo. Even if you're working for somebody else, you have to be able to talk to people. So these are the things that you really need to start thinking about. Be, I mean, try to create your circle. People who are healthy want to see you grow. And that's what helps me. In my, my circle, I have great people. If I need something, I call, they will pick up the phones, and then they will help out. You have no idea how important that is. And do not underestimate new lawyers. Don't do it. <laughs> people make a lot of mistakes. Yes. Ah, this guy's have been a lawyer for a year. He may not know what he's doing. Trust me. A lot of new lawyers are hungry. And then they will do that extra length that a lot of other people won't do. So, and that's a plus. So you have to put this in your mind. If you need some advice, don't underestimate this person or that person. Reach out to anybody that can give you advice and then and internalize it. Uh, listen to it, not to respond, but listen to it to understand and to captivate that for yourself. Mm-hmm. And another thing also is be reasonable, be respectful, you know, uh, be somebody anybody can talk to, you mm-hmm. know, especially in this day and age, be tolerant to a certain extent in moderation in everything you do. And then respect your professors, give them the, do your homework. You know, I never had issues with any of my professors. I never fell any class in law school. Uh, and one of the reasons why is because I tried to be on time in school all the time. I tried to not miss too many classes. You know, I was, very, I, I consider myself as a responsible student, although I was working nine hours every day and I was going to school at night at college. Oh, wow. So if I did it under the circumstances I did it, anybody who's willing to do the hard thing and do your homework, don't cheat, do the certain things, you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, um, we're hearing some great stuff because right now we're recording this during the COVID-19 pandemic and you're talking about growing your firm. (laughs) When a lot of people feel like they have to shrink back a little bit. Um, What else do you want to uh, say to my audience? Is there anything else you'd like to add? What you're passionate about? Well, what I'm passionate about is I'm the kind of person I like to do lawyering from Monday to Friday and a little bit on Saturday. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This is why my law firm is surgically designed to be a transactional law firm. Mm. So I do things that are like very hard to do during the week. It's a lot of processing. You have to be tenacious. You have to be very good with negotiation skill and mediation skills. Um, You have to work hard. And, but like last month I did, I had five, uh, four, uh, settlement for four clients, but out of the four uh-huh. settlements, I had to do three of them pro bonos. I couldn't charge the clients anything because of the injuries, the problem, and the size of the settlement. I had to be reasonable with that. So you have to be flexible as well. You have to prepare yourself. It can't be just about money. Mm-hmm. And another thing also I've noticed in our community is everything has to be advertisement, 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 competition, competition. Can't, it, it doesn't have to be this way. There's plenty of business out there for everybody. You just have to build your own personality. You have to build your own niche and reach out to everybody. You don't want to do everything either, you know? So you want to be able to do something that you can do and then you can learn to expand upon it. You're talking about expanding my law firm, but that is by design. By design to me, if it wasn't for COVID-19, right now I wanted to have at least two attorneys in my firm. I, I, I'm scaling back still, but I believe the time will come and I'm feeling it already that 
I need to get this this uh, lawyer, this Hispanic lawyer, uh, really good at what he or she does, to serve a community that is reaching out to me every day. Remember, we have 16% of Hispanics in this country. We have to give this group of people their respect, what they deserve, you know? And to do that, we have to be focus-centered. Focus-centered mean we have to know the people, our client, our audience, people that we're dealing with. And the best way to do that, when they call my law firm, if one of them can't speak English, like when I do title closing now, I hired a notary. I hire a notary who speaks Spanish very well to go out there, I pay them. $200, $250, whatever it is, to make sure that my real estate clients are well covered. They oh, understand okay. the paperwork, this and everything. It's part of being clean, uh, diligent, and also respectful of the community that you are serving. Uh, build your personality now. Let people see it. Don't be shy. Don't be intimidated. Don't be too aggressive. Don't be too crazy. Don't be too lawyery. So when people see you, all they see is lawyer, 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 yeah, but they don't see yeah. any humanity. They don't see any dances, any music, any politics, <laughs> any all that stuff. Do all of that, you know, just be you. I'm just being me, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. That's what I humanity do. First. <laughs> humanity first. Humanity first. <laughs> you know, That's it's my funny, I was talking to uh, Daniela Mendez, you know, I interviewed her for season one. And uh, I think I mentioned when you spoke to the other students and she said, oh, he's the smoothest, calmest person I ever met. He's like, humanity first. It's okay, <laughs> man. Everything's cool. She's like, I don't yeah. know how he's so level. And then when we first met is when you were uh, doing photography yes. for George Edgecombe Bar Association. So I didn't even know you were a lawyer because you were volunteering your photography services. And we started talking. It turns out you grew up in a part of Haiti where, or, that you were familiar with or my mom went to school and my yes. aunt and you described her to a T with never having met her because <laughs> they all yes. have the same demeanor exactly um, but that's interesting and so you never know how you're going to meet people because then I was like oh wait you're a lawyer oh now you you went to Cooley and now I'm a professor there so it's a small world small world and I think the best thing a lawyer best thing a lawyer can do when you first meet someone is for the person to know you first for who you are before they know you are a lawyer yes because if they know you are a lawyer before they know who you are personally, then you're missing some points. Some people come to me and said, hey, Ricardo, you are a lawyer now. You shouldn't salsa. You should keep talking about Jesus all the time on the internet. You shouldn't be talking about humanity first. And then when you talk about humanity first, people think you're against the president and all those other things. Well, in the US Constitution, you have fundamental right. You have characteristics. These things are part of my characteristic, mm -hmm. characteristics. You can't change my personality with respect to human, loving humanity, with respect mm -hmm. to, I love to debate. I like to talk to people about issues that are important to our country and our kids, our future. I like to talk about, you know, controversial stuff. I have no problem having an argument, debate with everybody, and I have no problem with you. We can go drink after that, mm -hmm. uh, whatever we need to do. And also dancing salsa to me, it's humanity. Not only that, it's good for my soul, it oh, yeah. could keep me well balanced. Oh my God, this is wonderful. I miss these people so much right now. It's not even funny because <laughs> I haven't danced with them in a long time. I know, yeah, and, yeah. and to be honest with you, a lot of them did not know that I was an attorney for oh. a long time. And I saw other attorneys too in the scene. We call it the scene because salsa is not like you're going to a club. It's more like a school right. and then the, the student dance with them each other. They have their own social and stuff like that because I'm not really that clubbish to be honest with you. Right. But I've seen a lot of prosecutors attorneys everybody goes there because it's safe it's clean it's professional it's classy 
and I'm still getting there. I love it. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. And know? lawyers need to, and really, when you look at all the stories, statistics about how poorly lawyers are doing with mental health and physical health, part of it is that they think they can't do the things they enjoy anymore. And so exactly. there's nothing to balance out all these long hours mm -hmm. we put in. And so, Me? like you said, as long as you're keeping it safe and clean, you're not getting drunk, yeah. you're not trying yes. to, you know, create. You gotta be reasonable. Yeah. You know, you're staying within your morals. People have yeah. different moral standards, but once you decide what yours are and you're sticking to them, that's what people will look towards. Yeah. You know, and then I you, think. Go ahead. Uh, Without cutting you off, I think we all have our light in right. us. Mm -hmm. I remember I used to sing this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Mm -hmm. The best way you can let your light shine, whatever that is, is to be with people. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it cannot be just people you select to be with in the sense oh, where yeah. you only want to talk to client. <laughs> so if you want to talk to clients, then you're only going to talk to client. And when you go home, you're only going to go into a book or computer trying to do research all the time. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there are certain, so much more mm -hmm. in this world that we lawyers as leaders should do. I want to learn how to dance line dancing now. Oh, I wonder, wow. I, to be honest with you, don't know that, but I love country music. Oh, seriously. I mean, when I do my spiritual thing at night, I listen to Alan Jackson's spiritual songs. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm all over the place. It's, it's mm -hmm. messy with me, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I love it. You know, yeah, I love yeah. my Jamaican friends. I love my Indian friends. I have a friend now from Nepal. When I, I used to speak a little bit of Nepalese, mm -hmm. when I used to do public policy advocacy, I went to Washington, DC and I met her in Washington, DC and she adopted me as her brother. Oh, and wow. then when we talk on Facebook, you, you you see her calling me sister or brother. I have a lot of people said, well, Ricardo, we can't marry you. We can't date you because you're already married and everything. But I'm going to have you at least as a brother. <laughs> oh, I have that all day. And I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting there welcoming it. Some of them, too, I adopted my sisters, too, as well. Oh, nice. So, yeah. yeah. I got, you know, when you're a lawyer, people should be comfortable to come to you. Because yeah. I think every citizen in this country should have a lawyer friend, someone they can reach out to. Because uh, this country is run on the law. Yeah. If you're a smart person, a reasonable person, you have to be connected to lawyers, doctors, engineers, electricians, because somehow you're going to need something fixed in the house and everything. It's only reasonable. And I have all those type of friends, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so don't, it's, it's, it sounds like you're saying don't stay in a box. Don't put yourself no. in a box once you become a lawyer and make sure you're not putting other people in a box and you're welcoming them in. Exactly. Don't if you do the box, you're killing yourself, and then you're not doing exactly what you should do as a leader in this community. Because the most important thing you should do is to show your leadership. I call it the light. Show it to the world. When you show it to the world honestly, with you know no ill intent, the world will shower you with gold. And those goals are not money. I'm talking about love affections right. somebody you can reach out to somebody you can talk to somebody you can do all that stuff with yeah that's the real wealth it is indeed thank you ricardo so much i love all the messages that you have i always enjoy talking to you we can keep doing this all day all day you touched day. on so many things that we want to emphasize in the podcast to bring your whole self to have wellness by doing things you enjoy and to um, highlight diversity and how important it is to know people of all different ethnicities and um, religions and um, you know from different countries different ethnicities different races etc so one thing I do want you to do Daniela did this for us she, she, she said something a little bit in Spanish for our Spanish speakers if you want to you know say a little bit in French for Creole for our um, 
audience well, members who speak I it. I can say merci en pile parce que tu invites pour me venir dans show ça matin. Je me suis dit est-ce que tout haïtien cap tendre pour toujours brancher sur podcast ça. Mm-hmm. Et puis me l'a mettre des noms c'est communi- avocat communauté et en français je peux dire euh, merci euh, de m'avoir invité. Je, mm-hmm. je suis très content d'être mm-hmm. là, de parler avec euh, vos vos fanatiques tout ça et bien <laughs> vos correspondants. Euh... Alors, c'est tout ce que je peux dire en français, tu vois. <laughs> yeah. oh, merci on pile. Thank you so much for coming. So thank you for listening to Journey to Esquire, the podcast. Please check the show notes. Check out www.ricardolucius.com. For more information, follow on all his social media. We'll have those on the show notes as well. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to another great episode of Journey to Esquire, the podcast. Support, share, subscribe. And for more, visit www.journeytoesquire.com.